Hello, everyone. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. For Marcus Lopez, Fabiana Hirsch, I'm your host for the hour, Larry Smith. This thing that the United States calls Thanksgiving Day is the perfect holiday to celebrate white supremacy. I, I need to unpack that, I suppose, but I want to say it's a more powerful white supremacist holiday than, than even Columbus Day is, in part because it's much more subtle. It's like severing our relationship to power is the objective. Our use of our intelligence, see, and our coherence. So all this cloudy is created, this illusion, because really it is. Crazy or said we live in the shadow of the real world, saying we really, really do. On today's program, news, music, a day of mourning, spoken word, and more here on American Indian Airwaves. You can hear when the moon shines bright, the lone blue elk in the black of the night. You can hear, you can hear the whisper in the valley. Mm-hmm. And you know when come a cunny blows to the bar who drum, it's the warriors who are marching. First, some news from Indian Country here on American Indian Airwaves. We go to the heart of indigenous nations in the state of Arizona, where the struggle over the sacred site of Oak Flat, located in the United States Tonto National Forest of Arizona, is where Resolution Copper plans to build the largest open pit copper mine in the world, and indigenous nations are abruptly being undermined and exploited in defending Oak Flat during the COVID-19 pandemic and are now calling for a call of action. Last month, Indigenous Nations discovered the date for completing a crucial environmental review process was abruptly moved forward by a full year to December of 2020, despite Indigenous Nations contending with the COVID-19 pandemic and their abilities to participate in the environmental review process. If the environmental review is completed before President Donald Trump leaves office, Indigenous Nations may not be able to stop the mine. The Resolution Copper Mine, if constructed, will consume 11 square miles, destroying Native American sacred sites, petroglyphs, medicinal plants, the biodiversity of plants and animals, plus more. The company plans to extract 1.4 million tons of copper ore by blasting beneath the surface and pulling it out through tunnels. Once the ore is extracted, it's estimated the mine will leave a 1,000 foot deep crater approximately two miles wide. As part of the current administration's rush for several non-renewable resource energy projects before President Donald Trump's four-year term expires, certain federal agencies, such as the U.S. Department of Agriculture, are intentionally complying with Donald Trump's Energy First Executive Order, 
signed back in 2016 by exerting pressure on the U.S. Forest Service, which oversees the Tonto National Forest. In December 2014, when former President Barack Obama signed the National Defense Authorization Act of 2015, a last-minute rider was slipped into the act by former Arizona Republican Senator John McCain. The rider provides a land exchange between Resolution Copper, a joint venture between Rio Tinto and BHP Billington, and the U.S. government. Oak Flat, also listed on the National Register of Historic Places, is part of the 2,422 acres of lands Resolution Copper would receive from the U.S. government when deeding over 5,344 acres of private lands to the federal government. Indigenous organizations and nations have been opposed to the land exchange over the past four years, including Wensler Nosey Sr., a San Carlos Apache citizen and Apache Stronghold member, and the organization is now calling for an action in order to protect Oak Flat, a sacred site for indigenous nations throughout the southwest region. This is Wensler Nosey of the Apache Stronghold. Wensler Nosey Sr. I'm from the St. Carlos Apache tribe. As you know, I'm also leading up the Apache Stronghold in St. Carlos as well as in Oak Flats. I come to you today with a very crucial uh, message. As you know, the draft EIS was done and we were waiting on the EIS. From information we got from Tonto National Forest is that they're going to be moving with the land exchange beginning December. And so I am calling out to everyone uh, to go to our website, to keep in contact with us, because now to defend the land is a must. We are at a crucial period and we're gonna t it's gonna take everything that we can to stop this land exchange. At this point in time, they're still not following the legislative law that was passed. And the effects will be tremendous to Indian tribes, to the San Carlos Apache tribe, and as well as to the communities that surround Oak Flats and southern, the southern part of Arizona as well. And with the contamination that we hear that's heading to the Valley of Phoenix, these are critical things that in Arizona that we need to pay attention to. So I'm reaching out to all of you. To, it is time to get involved. It is time to stop what has been happening, which will be a totally effect on us, our children, and those yet to be born in the future of Arizona. So I am pleading with you. It is time to get involved. That was Winsler Nosey Sr. of the San Carlos Apache Nation and of the Apache Stronghold. In continuing with the news, we go to the heart of indigenous nations within the South and North Dakota and Iowa regions as a continuing struggle over energy transfers Dakota Access Pipeline continues. The United States Army Corps of Engineers submitted a brief last week stating indigenous nations have not met the high bar required for a shutdown of the pipeline. Indigenous nations must show that they are certain or likely to suffer an irreparable injury that cannot be remedied and that the balance of hardships tips in their favor. The agency argued the risk of a significant oil spill is low and called Indigenous nations' concerns speculative and abstract. 
Over the past four years, indigenous nations such as the Oshete Shikon have been irreparably harmed by the construction and continued pipeline operations. Indigenous nations have and continue to experience protracted treaty and human rights violations by the United States government and energy transfer, desecration of sacred sites, violations of the UN's Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, ecological devastation, compromising and undermining Indigenous nations' rights to create culturally sustainable futures, gross negligence in exposing Indigenous peoples and their respective First Nations to other catastrophic risk, such as compounded trauma, plus more. The Dakota Access Pipeline extends for 1,200 miles and crosses through and nearby several Indigenous Nations treaty and traditional homelands throughout the Dakota and Iowa regions. The Dakota Pipeline physically stems or runs from North Dakota's Bakken oil fields through South Dakota, Iowa, and to a shipping hub in Illinois. The pipeline transports up to 570,000 barrels of oil per day, and energy transfer is presently underway to nearly double the pipeline's capacity to 1.1 million barrels of oil per day by adding pumping stations along the route. And in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the United States Army Corps of Engineers earlier this week approved the final permit for Canadian-based Enbridge Energy's planned Line 3 oil pipeline replacement across northern Minnesota and bringing the project a step closer to construction. Line 3 begins in Alberta, Canada, clips the corner of North Dakota before crossing into Minnesota and before reaching Enbridge's terminal in Superior, Wisconsin. Enbridge Energy plans to replace the Minnesota portion of the pipeline because it was built in the 1960s, it deteriorating, and the company can only operate the pipeline at half capacity. Indigenous nations and organizations and environmental groups oppose the Energy Line 3 project due to its pre-existing historical legacy of environmental and cultural damages and the pipeline's increasing threat to biodiversity and indigenous cultural practices that could be further jeopardized if the Line 3 pipeline operations result in future oil spills. Currently, there are lawsuits pending and indigenous-led protests attempting to block the Enbridge Energy's planned Line 3 oil pipeline have been happening. This past week, in fact, two water protectors locked their bodies through the treads of excavators working on a pump station for Enbridge's Line 3 pipeline. At the state level, Minnesota's Democratic Governor Tim Waltz's administration has faced criticism from both Democratic and Republican Party officials over its handling of the project. Two weeks ago, 12 of 17 members of a Minnesota Pollution Control Agency advisory group on environmental justice issues resigned after the agency approved a major water quality permit for the Line 3 pipeline project. And in related news, Enbridge Energy filed a legal challenge on November 24th of 2020 over Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer's recent demand that the company shut down its oil pipeline that crosses the waterway connecting Lake Huron and Lake Michigan. 
The Canadian company accused the state of Michigan exceeding its state authority, arguing that Enbridge's Line 5 was under the sole regulatory jurisdiction of the United States Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration. Line 5 moves about 23 million gallons of oil and natural gas liquids daily between Superior, Wisconsin and Sarnia, Ontario, traversing parts of northern Michigan and the state of Wisconsin. Whitmer's office notified the Canadian company Enbridge that it was revoking an easement granted in 1953 to extend a roughly four-mile section of the pipeline through the Straits of Mackinac. The revocation will take effect within 180 days, at which point the flow of oil must stop. Indigenous nations throughout the state of Michigan, such as the Bay Mills Indian Community and the Sault Ste. Marie Nation of Chippewa Indians, have advocated for the pipeline shutdown due to the company's gross negligence in operating the pipeline and the resulting catastrophic oil spills over the decades that have compounded environmental damages, economic harm, cultural losses, and historical trauma. In a COVID-19 pandemic update, we go to the heart of the Diné Navajo Nation in the Southwest. About three quarters of the Diné Navajo citizens have applied for financial assistance due to the coronavirus pandemic. The $90 million for hardship assistance comes from the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act passed earlier this year by the United States Congress. The deadline to file an application for financial assistance was this past Monday. Already, more than 240,000 applications have been submitted, according to the Navajo Nation Office of the Controller. The Diné Navajo Nation has approximately 327,000 citizens, making it one of the largest of the 574 federally recognized indigenous nations within the politically defined borders of the United States. As of November 23rd of this year, the Diné Navajo Nation has one of the highest reportable COVID-19 test positive rates at 15% over a rolling seven-day period. However, they are not the highest indigenous nation or community impacted. In fact, urban indigenous populations in Billing, Montana and the larger Great Plains regions have a 20.1 and 18% reportable COVID-19 test positive rates over a rolling seven-day period. And the United States Library of Congress announced last week that Joy Harjo, the first Native American to serve as the United States Poet Laureate, will serve a third one-year term and has launched an online project that features some of the most celebrated Native poets throughout Indian country. And for the 2020 violent and mythological settler colonial holiday known as Thanksgiving, it marks 50 years ago in 1970 as the 350th anniversary of the Pilgrim Landing approached when Wamsuda, known as Frank James, a member of the Aquanaw Wampanoag Nation, was invited by Massachusetts Governor Frank Sargent to write and give a speech at the ceremony. But when James shared his speech with Massachusetts state officials, he was told the speech was too aggressive and extreme. Subsequently, state officials asked him to read a statement written by a public relations professional instead. 
James Refuse, and the censorship of Frank James' speech helped spark the creation in 1970 of the National Day of Mourning, a gathering held every quote-unquote Thanksgiving on Coles Hill in Plymouth to honor Indigenous ancestors and the struggles that Native people face today. At the location of the National Day of Mourning lies a plaque titled National Day of Mourning, and it states, Since 1970, Native Americans have gathered at noon on Coles Hill in Plymouth to commemorate a National Day of Mourning on the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. Many Native Americans do not celebrate the arrival of the pilgrims and other European settlers. To them, Thanksgiving Day is a reminder of the genocide of millions of their people, the theft of their lands, and the relentless assault on their cultures. Participants in National Day of Mourning honor Native ancestors and the struggles of Native peoples to survive today. It is a day of remembrance and spiritual connection, as well as protest of the racism and oppression which Native Americans continue to experience. The 2020 Day of Mourning Gathering is available on the United American Indians of New England's website at www.uaine.org. And that concludes the news here on American Indian Airwaves. We're going to take a musical break with Joy Harjo's This America and the Black Lodge Singers Keeping It Flowing, followed by Snotty Nose Res Kids, Bourgeoisie Natives. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. If you look from the stars, you will see truly. You will see your breath, your breathing as clouds. You will see the ancestor dreamers, the witness winds. They are watching this America. America, America, where are you going? Where have you been? Remember the sky you were born under. Know each of the stars' stories. Remember the sun's birth at dawn That is the strongest point of time Remember sundown And the giving tonight to dreaming Remember your birth Where the peacekeepers stood Eagle above us, earth below us Remember the earth whose skin we are We are plants, trees, animals, wind We make a lumbering creature of chaos and heart Nittahojan, Wajanogi, Nittahojan, Wajanogi 
knowledge in my brain. We them bougie natives. New city, new sweet grass, new sage. We them bougie natives. You can holler at my name. Look, snow goonie from the boonies. Not the type you see in movies. Felt the spirit living through me since I was a puny dookie. Nietzsche, Nietzsche, looky, looky. How I get low when I boogie. Don't mind me some goody goodies. I'm Nate and Bougie. My wifey be the wolf and I'm the wolf that's from the sea. And she no Pocahontas, more like Buffy, St. Marie. Come do your dance with me. I dip, you dip, we dip. No, it ain't blasphemy. I sip, you sip, we sip with Nisi Cut. I stand and rock with all my suit without the wooses. Me and bro came out the womb. Nietzsche one and Nietzsche two. We very indigenous people. We some VIPs. I'm a blood thicker than Ulrich Grease. Nietzsche, please sing your song. This is my jam. Got my fam all going ham for the land, not the gram. Statement that it's who I am. We choose copper over gold. Praise the elders. I remember what I'm told. Never turn your back on home. We them bougie natives. I got turquoise on my red. We them bougie natives. Five rings up on my fist. We them bougie natives. Big hat with the brand. We them bougie natives. Got that custom made blend. We them bougie natives. New city, new sweet grass, new sage. We them bougie natives. Pull my knowledge in my brain. We them bougie natives. New city, new sweet grass, new sage. We them bougie natives. You can holler at my name. Hey, a ho. Can't you tell them woke? The smoke shop is closed. Can you tell your boys dope? Man, I'm spinning like I made it and I'm smudging cause I'm broke again. Always running late. I hope the liquor store is open. I, I, I got carvers, weavers, beaters, and designers on my team. I got braiders, hella famous that I'm signing to my team. In my limousine, gonna look steezy. Next to my digit queen. Yeah, that's my most McGee. I know, I know ballers, I know chiefs, I know riders from the east. I know educated natives down to pick it in the streets. Middle fingers to police. You become in peace. I know red skin hippies that be giving me the creeps. I know beauty, I know beast, I know savages and freaks. And I know a couple even bougier than me No, 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 ain't a leak Bougie native, yes indeed Art exhibit to the club And we roll it 20 deep Copper on my neck Gold on my ring Feather on my hat Skin stitched chin Hundred warriors on my back Daily drumming when I sing Man, there ain't no way around it I'm my, I'm my, I'm my, I'm my, I'm my Bougie native I got turquoise on my red We them bougie natives Five rings up on my fist We them bougie natives Big hat Got that custom made blend. We them bougie natives. New city, new sweet grass, new sage. We them bougie natives. Pull my knowledge in my brain. We them bougie natives. New city, new sweet grass, new sage. We them bougie natives. You can holler at my name. And that was Snotty Nose Res Kids, the song Bourgeoisie Natives, off the album Trapline, released in 2019. Before that, the Black Lodge singers Keep It Flowing, off the 2019 album My Family, the Black Lodge singers won their eighth Grammy nomination this year in 2020, and that was followed by U.S. Poet Laureate Joy Harjo off the single This America. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves in this day of mourning. We're going to continue with a spoken word in song block. First, we'll hear from John Trudell. The Earth Was the Mother off the Descendant Now Ancestor album 
Ray Zaragoza's new song, They Say, off her brand new album, Woman in Color, and then Alexis Rihanna, Keeping My Memory, featuring Charlie Lowry, here on American Indian Airwaves. So life was about responsibility, and the earth was the mother. And at some point in the evolution of the human beings, another perception of reality appeared, and this perception of reality It took the spirit away from the animals and all of the other things, and it started changing spirit into human form, the gods and the goddesses. So at some point in the evolution, see, it started to take the way the people prayed. But it has to do with iron and bronze and all these things being, being starting to become mined. So it's like it kind of evolved in this kind of a way. It's like, see, in a way, religion emerged, and it, but it was like a mining tool for the technologic reality that was manifesting itself through industrialization. But it became almost like a tool, see, because you got to go to the center of where the human being is, because all human beings want to know where we come from and where we're going, what's our purpose. So you've got to go there if you're going to mess with them. You have to go there to the very beginnings. The beginnings and the heart of the spiritual realities. So. The God thing evolved, the religious thing that changed the creation story from being a creation story to where there was a new story. And this new story was that there was a male dominator God removed from the earth who owned everything because he made it. (laughs) So he owned it. All right. Now, at this point in our common collective genetic ancestral memory, every one of our relations back in that time rejected this. Because life worked for them. Because the earth was the mother and the sky was the father. It's like the great spirit. Spirits, everything, it worked for them. They maintained a balance. They knew who they were. They knew what their purpose was. They knew their relationship to power. They knew everything about their lives. So it worked for them. But they were forced to accept this other perceptional reality through violence and terror and aggression. Same thing happened to the Indians here by the descendants of the tribes of Europe, happened to the tribes of Europe and their descendants. That's why they behaved the way they did when they got here. And this is where I think sexism comes from. I think it comes from our relationship to the earth. See, I think sexism was one of the mining tools because when you're going to convince all of the human beings in whatever tribes that they're in, as you come into contact with them, you had to turn them against the earth to promote this male god thing to alter the perceptional reality. So this is where sexism came. It came as a way because, see, as long as the people considered themselves to be the children of the earth and a part of the earth, they would not plunder the earth. They would not aid and abet or accept the plundering of the earth because the earth is their mother. See, that's why sexism came in as a way because in order to attack the earth amongst the human beings they came into contact with, they had to attack their perceptional reality about the woman in relationship to the earth and life. So sexism, so it, became, it was like a mining tool to help turn us against the earth and make the earth available for plunder. So in order to have all this experience get dumped down in our ancestral past because it was all like what I'm saying is this mining process. As the technology grew, 
the ways and methods of mining remain the same. And it's almost like a predatory behavior. They never, the behavior pattern never really changes itself. What the behavior pattern does is it just outlasts the generations. So after five generations are gone, the behavior pattern can be as predatory as it ever was, like medieval civil, uh, Europe. The behavior pattern can be as aggressive as it ever was, because after five generations, who's going to remember what was there? The terminology changes, the technology changes. So it's like there's this thing that just kind of been to me, right? That's a part of this civilization that just, it just kind of re-manifests itself, but the continual thing is it eats our spirit to me. It converts, feeds off of us in some kind of a way. See, so this is why it's important to separate everybody from any ancestral understandings and teachings because, see, they don't want anybody to know this. So everybody thinks they got hope. And the thing continues to spread because you women... Look at what the women's suffrage was in, in the 1800s. So now you have the right to vote and you made certain little gains, but see, it's still the same war. And the concessions are given very slowly. And it's, it's this way with labor, it's this way with all of the things. But anyway, it's behavior pattern basically remains the same. And it's means of conducting its behavior pattern, that's what really changes. And, and the generation of people that it gets conducted on, this changes. But in order for all this stuff to happen, they have to neutralize our intelligence. They have to create a confusion in our own perceptional reality. So somewhere in each and every one of us, there's a collective genetic memory that goes way back to the beginning of the original dream, the beginning of our stories. And our relationship to power in reality is connected to us understanding that that is there. But we're in a technologic perception of reality that does not want us to understand that.
sets free Let's fall in love and not buy anything I'll build you a house we can sit in the dark They say that happiness is for those who work hard If they say that folk music's for the elite Well then who's gonna sing for me? Who's gonna sing for me?
keep my memory. The song Keep My Memory by Alexis Rihanna featuring Charlie Lowry. Before that, Ray Zaragoza's They Say off her brand new album, Woman in Color. And before that, John Trudell, The Earth Was the Mother off Descendant Now Ancestor. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves in our day of morning programming. We're going to continue on with spoken word from academic, activist, and elder George Tink Tinker on his thoughts on Thanksgiving, followed by the song R.E.D. or Red by the band A Tribe Called Red, and then Joanne Shenandoah's We Will Rise Up, followed by Buffy St. Marie, Carry It On, and then John Trudell's Spectator and of Many Realities. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. This thing that the United States calls Thanksgiving Day is the perfect holiday to celebrate white supremacy. I, I need to unpack that, I suppose, but I want to say it's a more powerful white supremacist holiday than, than even Columbus Day is, in part because it's much more subtle. White Americans might say, well, Columbus Day, of course, we can see why Indians think uh, that that's a celebration of genocide and an elevation of white supremacy. But they think of Thanksgiving Day as kind of an innocent, innocuous holiday uh, just to uh, eat turkey and, and express some sentiments of Thanksgiving. I want to say that it's a perfect holiday for reinforcing the myth of American innocence, what psychologist Rollo May called uh, uh, nearly 40 years ago America's pseudo-innocence. In that sense, it's a perfect uh, holiday for concealing America's history of violence from itself. Now, by white supremacy... Uh, I don't mean the skinhead bigotry attitude of supremacy. What I mean is the everyday sort of white privileging that all white Americans enjoy all the time. It just gets institutionalized in holidays uh, like Thanksgiving. And I suspect that uh, in this holiday that permits and even enhances white Americans' sense of denial, it shows up that way even in in the comic strips. Thanksgiving has become a celebration of white generosity and white giving to their family and friends instead of the original Thanksgiving, which was a celebration of Indian generosity and the survival of white immigrants through uh, their first winter uh, in North America. Bismillah. Doing living by the Z code. It's fleek though. Don't ask them what do he know. What I forgot. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves, a day of morning special. And now back to the music. That's enough, said the ruler. No suckers allowed to break bread or asunder. The daylight, lightning, and the thunder. Sun, moon, stars, and the hunger. Abundance in bundles. Blessings in troubles. Towers and tunnels. Views and valleys. Waves and peaks. Streets you from sun. Planet Earth. And ain't scared of no Mars. Type, what type of bars is that? 
stay off my chat. I'm up, they call it riot garments, top five, dying on and on them. Super fly, slick a top rope, equals diving on them. You why you lying, homie? You won't play with my emotion, smoky. Big chief, heart rate, big beat, B-E-Y-I-C, straight jacket, come clean, big said it was a dream, now it's a living thing, with you and living kings, I mean it, I mean When others lose their way 
We will rise up and see the just a spectator here times of transcending time I should have done what I could but went and did what I would don't be playing games that'll start me playing too the way shadows cross the line I may have played more games than you in the way angels kiss we have this time around comes down to this where we're going is how we're bound the dormant violence of the subtle mind makes the cleanest cut the hardest cut to find. That part where anger alone can't keep its promises of revenge, it takes the dance with rage to put fire to that page. 
When the laughing and the living play it down, it plays out to the dying and the crying and whatever is left out. In the reality of many realities, how we see what we see affects the quality of our reality. We are children of earth and sky, DNA, descendant, now ancestor, human being, physical spirit, bone, flesh, blood as spirit, metal, mineral, water as spirit. We are in time and space, but we're from beyond time and space. The past is part of the present. The future is part of the present. Life and being are interwoven. We are the DNA of Earth, Moon, planets, stars. We are related to the universal. Creator created creation. Spirit and intelligence with clarity. Being and human as power. We are a part of the generations of evolution. We are a part of the memories. These memories carry knowledge. These memories carry our identity. Beneath race, gender, class, age. Beneath citizen, business, state, religion. We are human being. And these memories are trying to remind us human beings, human beings. It is time to rise up. Remember who we are. The moment of silence is over. And that was Spectator and of Many Realities by John Trudell off the spoken word album Descendant Now Ancestor. Before that, Buffy St. Marie's song Carry It On off the album Power and Blood. Before that, Joanne Shenandoah's song We Will Rise Up off the album Joanne Shenandoah. And then before that, A Tribe Called Red, the song R.E.D. And that concludes our show for today here on American Indian Airwaves. A special thank you to our musical guests for the entire hour, Aragon Star, Koopa Aina, Joy Harjo, Black Lodge Singers, Snotty Nose Res Kids, John Trudell, Ray Zaragoza, Alexis Rihanna, and Charlie Lowry, A Tribe Called Red, Joanne Shenandoah, Buffy St. Marie, and the band Blackfire. A special thank you to George Tink Tinker, and American Indian Airwaves is mixed and mastered in the studio of Burnt Swamp Studio in Signal Hill, California. For Marcus Lopez, Fabiana Hirsch, I've been your host for the hour, Larry Smith. Until next time. against our fears Try not to be
Silence is over.